Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, where we'll be discussing family and Star Wars. So I guess for this first time talking about family, we can talk a bit about our, our own family backgrounds? Sounds good. Well, I was lucky enough to grow up with both my parents um, together. We had a fairly middle-class background, or family upbringing for most of my life, until kind of it went down after the recession. But I have many siblings. I'm the middlest of middle children. I've got a younger brother and a younger sister, and an older brother and an older sister. So I have definitely... One of everything. Yeah, one of everything. Um, A whole menagerie of family members. Um, (laughs) Plus, my mom was the youngest of 12 children, and my dad was also the middle of five, so I've got more cousins than I count or I can count or that I know. So I've definitely always had a huge family, and so family gatherings have always been very important to me and my family. We're lucky enough to have, like, my mom's side of the family's Christmas is the Christmas Day, and my dad's side of the family's Christmas, Christmas Eve, so we could always go to both and things like that. But, yeah. My parents, uh, right basically after I kind of moved out of the house and, and... we all started living in different areas. My parents kind of became separated and they've been moving towards divorce since then. But they're still friendly, which is nice. And so when we have father, family gatherings, like our family Christmas and things, it's still everyone together. And there's there's no more problems than there were when they were together officially. So uh, <laughs> it's not like that, that divorce has led to a huge amount of strife. So for me... I grew up in a family that also both parents were there and I have two sisters, two older sisters. I'm the youngest and growing up we three were actually all really very close Mm. and my middle sister who just happens to be the acclaimed lacelet artist, she, she still lives in the area and we're like super close. Then uh, my oldest sister lives in Japan now, so uh, we don't see each other as much, and we haven't been the best about, like, Skyping and and whatnot. It can be difficult. Yeah, it can be difficult. But, yeah, family family is interesting because my my dad's side all lives in the OC and is Mm. all a white side, and then my mom's side is... Japanese and has lived in this area and less uh, affluent state and so uh, yeah it's just it, growing up was very interesting with that kind of juxtaposition mm-hmm. and my mom was one of six and then her dad was one of nine so yeah big family on that side well why don't we get started with Star Wars to get started we have a quote this quote is from Return of the Jedi and it's when Luke and Leia are talking to each other, and Luke has just talked to her about how Vader is his father, and then she's his sister. And so she asks him why he has to confront Vader, why that's something that he has to do instead of running away. Because there's good in him. I've felt it. He won't turn me over to the Emperor. I can save him. I can turn him back to the good side. I have to try. Yeah, I think this is a good quote because it, it kind of exemplifies a lot of that that narrative weight that they put behind the relationship between Luke and Vader where so much of it, it so much of his decision not to fight Vader or the Emperor is from the fact that, that, that he has to try for his family he has his obligation of a sort to his father to try to win him back over and, and give him the benefit of the doubt um, and Vader ultimately chooses to destroy the Emperor because otherwise it would mean the death of his son 
and so that, that that kind of family connection does end up being the the end of the Sith, and so I thought this is a good a good encapsulation of how Luke was looking at that. Yeah, um, I kind of think about though. <laughs> I think it's interesting if I found out that my father was this terrorizing, oppressive dictator of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, I think there's good in him and I can turn him even though I have no relationship with him whatsoever. And so I don't I don't know if he believed because he kind of had to. Like he didn't want his father to go down being evil. Mm. Like if it had to do with him or somehow through the force he could sense that there mm-hmm. was good. You know, I, I'm... I'm not really sure which it was. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that's a really good point because it sounds kind of like a naivete of, like, I, I know that there's good in him, you know? But he does have this extrasensory power that maybe he could, could see something like that or feel mm-hmm. something like that as well. I mean, and in the end, he was right. Yeah, right? exactly. I also just think this is kind of also his Hufflepuffiness kind of coming out, mm-hmm. of just like that, that loyalty, even if it's unearned. But I also understand it in some ways because I tend to to give people the benefit of the doubt as well mm-hmm. where even if they've done bad things I will still be like oh but we need to give them a chance to redeem themselves before just writing them off and sometimes I'll do that for probably too far and I think that he may also be doing that too far with Vader but it does end mm-hmm. up working out well which is which is great yeah and in the end of the day, I'm like that too. Like, I'm against the death penalty, right? Mm. Because I don't I don't think it's right to decide somebody's fate for them. It's like, you only have chances to change until we say you can't anymore. Mm. Like, you don't have any chances. So, I agree with that definitely in theory. In my own personal relationships, I think I'm probably a little less uh, accommodating than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed that, yes. What? <laughs> Well, why don't we get started on our analysis? Yes, so you start out with a character, right? So my character will be Kylo Ren. Ooh. Oh. Because I feel like they actually do a very good job in in a sequel trilogy, in a trilogy that's taking place after six movies of tying his antagonism, his like his motivation to be a villain into his family dynamics and in the dynamics with the characters that have existed that we've seen exist. And I don't blame him for looking up to Vader because Vader's the best villain of all time, (laughs) you know, and Anakin is not a great character. So if you're going to tie yourself into that character in one way, I'd say, yeah, I'd go with Vader myself as well. And then of course, obviously his betrayal by his uncle, his feeling abandoned by his father, right? There's, these things are all so ingrained in him that I think it's, it's really powerfully part of, of who he is and what he wants. And that's why I think The Last Jedi does a really good job of showing him wanting to break free from all established systems, right? He doesn't want to be someone who's fighting as the Jedi or the Sith because that's his family's um, paradigm of the light side and the dark side and having to have this battle. Like, he wants to create his own thing. He wants to move away from that as he feels like he's, you know, probably failed Vader in some ways and he feels like he has been abandoned by his family. I think that he, him trying to find that new thing is still tied into, or you could tie that into, his perceptions on his relationships with his family. Yeah, which is interesting because he wants to do the new thing 
yet he still has Vader's mask, Mm -hmm. right? He wants to be tied, but he also kind of wants to break free. Well, that's why I think in The Last Jedi, it's actually a turn. It is character development for him, where Mm. that's not who he was in in The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. you know, where he was so tied into Vader. But I think that, that... I'd be interested in seeing how he looks at Vader, but, like, him losing his mask, I think, in Mm -hmm. Last Jedi and him not putting that back on after he kills Snoke, I think is is actually telling in that he's now going to be his own man in a certain way, his own Mm -hmm. person, and that... Although he still has the tantrums. Oh, I mean, absolutely. He's much more like Anakin than he (laughs) he expects himself to be, for sure. But, yeah, I just think that he's, he's... in the ideas of bringing in the children or possible children of the original characters, I think they actually did something compelling and interesting with him. Even if, yeah, the tantrums can seem a bit much at times, it's still, I think, especially after Last Jedi, I really like him, his character. Even if I don't, like, he's not as just iconic as Vader, he is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think the family aspects of that are, are, are a big part of that. Yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see kind of what happens with his character in the next movie. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, that nicely ties into my plot point, which is looking at how the men in the Skywalker line all struggle with the dark side mm. and that they turn or, you know, almost turn because of family. Hmm. So Anakin turns or starts his process of turning because of his mother, right? Mm. His mother was kidnapped and tortured to the point of death. And then that's when he has his first moment of like really starting his turn. Yeah. And then, you know, next movie you get, you know, it's because of his wife. And then Luke, it's because it's really when Vader threatens his sister, Mm -hmm. right? And then... Kylo Ren, it's this betrayal by his uncle. And so all of them have to do with family, which I just think is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I think it definitely is another great way of showing Leia's extraordinariness, you know, mm-hmm. and how, because she, I don't think we ever see her tempted in any way. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the, rest of the, the Skywalker clan definitely have those those elements to them which is interesting because so much of that is because of the attachment factor Mm -hmm. right i mean and that's what jedi are you know according to the jedi order are supposed to let go of Mm -hmm. right they're not supposed to be attached but these people are attached and and it's from that attachment that they eventually choose the selfish and the wrong thing which then just kind of snowballs for a lot of the characters, obviously not Luke, right? Mm-hmm. He he was tempted with that and started, but then he stopped himself. But he also only stopped himself because he was going up against his other family member. Right. So it would be interesting to see if the same thing would have happened if it wasn't Vader he was fighting. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's also interesting to me how, like you're talking about with the Jedi wanting to not have attachments 
and how Leia is the least trained in Jedi training Mm -hmm. and yet the best at separating herself from her attachments in her decision making as a resistance fighter. Yeah. How, yes, she doesn't want to destroy Alderaan and and yes, like these things are, are, are issues for her, but she is going to do what she thinks is right no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really admire that because it's not like she is entirely managed or, or affected by these these personal ties that she has in the ways that... Because I get she doesn't even give the actual rebel base. That's what I was just thinking, yeah. When Alderaan is getting threatened, and so that's a whole planet. Her home planet is getting threatened, mm-hmm. and she still sticks to her guns in yeah, ways that... Yeah, the people she grew up with as parents. Yeah, he's the best. I know. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet somehow the story's not about her. I know, right? That would that would be the AU that I'd be really interested in, the alternate universe. I'm sure there's like a what if comic series about it somewhere. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's at least one where uh, Vader does like take her on as apprentice, and she becomes like a dark lord as well. Hmm. But I've never read it. I've just heard about it. That'd be a scary universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Together they could rule the galaxy. All <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I guess I'll start with my compelling question for you. Great. My compelling question on that kind of similar note is, if Vader wasn't terminally damaged by the electricity from the Va- from the Emperor when he threw him off the, the balcony, and he survived the destruction of the Death Star, and he went with Luke afterwards, do you think that he, at that point, would be a light side-focused Anakin? Or do you think that he would still want to rule the galaxy but with Luke. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think it's hilarious that you called that the balcony. I mean, what else is it, right? <laughs> I don't you know, know what I'm talking the about. The balcony wouldn't be where we go. <laughs> Anyways, so I think, yeah, that it, that is the question because Luke says that he senses good in him. Mm-hmm. And he shows at least to the point where oh yeah i'm not fine with my kid being murdered in front of me but we don't know if he really would have been fine otherwise right Mm -hmm. and also he was like hey leave me here go save yourself so he was like fine with all of that but yeah i i don't really know i kind of feel like possibly luke could have had sway Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would just, oh, the next day be like, let's undo this whole empire and everything. But I think that, yeah, maybe Luke could have influence over him slowly coming to terms with like changing some of these policies mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I think considering that he had issues for what would it be, 20 years or more? There would be no quick and easy change to the light side, I think. Mm-hmm. But he at least showed that maybe he was willing to do some of that. But at the same time, it also could go right along with his plan of like, hey, well, we can overthrow the emperor and then just rule together. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, with, with the idea of the rule of two for Sith the apprentice typically does end up killing the master. Like, that's just part of their established way of doing things. And that shows that the apprentice is now more powerful and thus is ready to take on the role of master and have an apprentice of their own. It's also a bad system. It's a very bad system. <laughs> yes. I mean, it works in the light side's favor. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it is a terrible system. But 
but so yeah, you could you could read that as him actually just like, oh, his moment is here. He can take out the emperor, and he already has an apprentice ready to go. Like this is a time to do it because yeah, in in Empire, he straight up says like, we'll overthrow the emperor together. He's already thinking about this, and so maybe he was just taking that opportunity. So, but I think he would have probably done it differently had he wanted that to succeed because obviously he died in the process, right? Agreed. So yeah, I think that that. For me, I do look at it as him coming back to the light side there, but I see their future being filled with intense feuds about how best to serve the galaxy. Because even if they didn't show it very well in episode three, for me, Vader goes to the dark side because he wants control of the galaxy, right? He wants to have more order because that's going to make it so that to him, less injustice happens. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he goes into a fascist kind of totalitarian mode of or- of enforcing that order. And anyone who's an enemy of that order is thus an enemy of the Empire and an enemy of the, of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I think that having a more libertarian view that Luke would obviously bring of freedom, <laughs> like they might have similar end goals if he did complete a turn to the light side, but I think that their means and their desires for how to achieve those ends would lead to a lot of conflict between the two, which I think would be really interesting. Yeah. So Vader's the fascist, Luke's the libertarian, and... Leia is for, like, a representative <laughs> democracy. Exactly. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like, li- little R Republican. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what about you? What's your compelling question? So my compelling question is, why do you think that Luke and Leia were never told about their father? And how do you think things might have been different if they had been? It's an interesting question. I think Luke, it's because... Uncle Owen didn't want him to know about that. I think his Uncle Owen didn't want the curse of the Skywalker clan to affect Luke as well. Um, And I get that in part from, there's uh, some interesting comic books I've dealt with, like the intervening years between episodes three and four, where uh, Obi-Wan is doing some things to kind of help Luke out, and like Owen just straight up confronts him and is like i don't want luke to have anything to do with this this destroyed his father destroyed his mother like this is the force and the empire and all these things are terrible and luke is going to have nothing to do with it and like Mm -hmm. you stay away from my family so i think that was the main reason there but then obviously obi-wan does take him under his wing and he does lie to his face about it um although it's it's from a different point of view i guess okay (laughs) obi-wan sure but (laughs) So, yeah, I think that it's an interesting question about why Obi-Wan doesn't tell him. And I wonder how much that is that they don't want him to be tempted by Vader. How much of it is that they don't want Vader to recognize that through him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it's an interesting question because he is still straight up called Skywalker. Like, he's still Luke yeah, Skywalker. Right? He's not Luke Lars, right? He's not mm-hmm. Owen's last name. He's got Skywalker as his last name. So, yeah, that, I think that's that's very interesting. For Leia, I think it's a more compelling question because, yeah, she is engaged in issues. Like, she knows Vader before we see them meet in, in episode four, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see maybe that even being part of that as well is, you know, they don't want him to be using his occlumency to, or his legitimacy <laughs> to get that out of her, you know, and, and don't know if she would be able to take it because she's, what, 17, 18 maybe 
at the beginning of of episode four like yes she is a amazingly capable 18 year old but an 18 year old might still betray something like that you know be tempted to betray feelings or, or whatever it might be and he might he might grasp that so it's a it's an interesting question yeah and i agree yet i feel like if you're raising these people and like at least in leia's case as your kid Mm -hmm. you'd think you'd be able to tell personality wise how they might react to something like that you know like it's not like oh suddenly she'll want to take over the galaxy Mm -hmm. when she's clearly been passionate about these things i mean to me it makes sense why they would change her name right because one they're her parents and two politically you don't necessarily want to be associated with the skywalker family for sure but yeah i think it's a seems to be a common thing that people just don't tell kids things that they think are too hard for them to deal with Mm -hmm. but if you just grow grow up knowing my father did really terrible things that's okay (laughs) you know like that is some people's reality right Mm -hmm. and and to just be ignorant of it and be told lies or be shielded from it, obviously when you find out, it could have really negative effects on you. Not even j- just because of the information itself, but because these people have been deceiving you this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. These people who you care about and are supposed to care about you. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, I think probably... Luke might never have gone with Obi-Wan, right? Had he known previously. Because there wouldn't have been any compelling, intriguing aspect of, wait, you knew my father? Like, Mm. I don't know anything about this person. Can you tell me? Oh, this was his weapon. He was a Jedi. Like, whereas if he had known, oh, my father is evil, has killed all of these people, including massacred the children in the jedi temple you know it it wouldn't have had the same sway (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely i wonder also now like how how bail organa what they were how much they were eyeing leia's shoes growing up to see if like she starts like levitating stuff with her mind (laughs) (laughs) like right our, our very very intelligent competent passionate daughter might have superpowers we should keep an eye on her (laughs) right but you'd also be like she's competent passionate responsible all these things and she has the potential for these superpowers shouldn't we maybe engage those so for she sure. could use it for good absolutely because like who knows if our planet will ever get blown up right maybe it'd be a good idea that if she could just stop bullets with her mind <laughs> yeah, exactly not we should that get her she a really laser needs sword. to worry because the stormtroopers have terrible that's, aim. That's absolutely But, accurate. you know, just in case they miss their miss. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, what is your missed opportunity? So, my missed opportunity is something that, that is only slightly canon at this point. Because Darth Plagueis, the wise, Darth Sidious's master they mention in in the, the movie in, in return of the or revenge of the sith that that plagueis was able to create life out of the force mm-hmm. um, and it's just like a one-off line and then in the book darth plagueis they talk about how he and palpatine created anakin basically they they manipulated the force to cr- attempt to create life and then once they found anakin they're like 
Sidious was like, oh, wow, we did it. Like, we did create life. We actually mm-hmm. succeeded in this. And that's why he doesn't have a father, right? It's, it's like he was created through these these Sith people. And that book has since become legend. It's not canon since the Disney takeover in 2014. But I think it's still a really compelling book. And I think it actually, like, ties in really, really well. So I, I like the book a lot. But I think a missed opportunity would be Sidious using that to help turn Anakin. Knowing Anakin's love of his mother as something that's so compelling to him mm-hmm. using this idea of like i'm kind of your father i helped to create you like me mm-hmm. and my master like you you have family in the sith i think would be really interesting and compelling for anakin's turn specifically mm-hmm. and so that would be something i think i think would be a really cool way of, of analyzing that and bringing that along into the canon into his motivation for his turn to make it so it's not just about like I want order and I don't want you to, I don't want Padme to die, but like having it be like, oh, I actually have some sort of loyalty to this group who made me and who's done these other things that I can at least be manipulated into thinking are good, right? Or have good intentions. Yeah, I do think that that's really interesting. At the same time, I don't think they did it well, but I kind of like a significant part of his turn was this political disillusionment Mm -hmm. in that he was like, this is not working. This isn't being done right. It's not effective. The Jedi Order has all of these problems. And then you throw on top of that some like loss of loved ones i think to me that's almost like a more compelling way but i don't think that they did it well for sure (laughs) and like that's the thing is like i can see this being both sidious being like we created you because we saw these imperfections in the system and we knew that we needed someone like you to be Mm. there for us to change things to get the order that we we resolve like you and it goes back into like a kind of destiny and him being the the chosen one and stuff like Mm -hmm. you are chosen to do this and that's why we created you because we needed you specifically like again i think that it would be so much more just more interesting and i think more compelling for anakin Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I would add on to that. I think it would have been really cool if they had gone to Anakin's mother Hmm. and been like, this is what happened. This kid is like ours and we made him special for these things and we have this great destiny for him. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, no. Oh, it was actually an act of resistance on her part. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, in the book, it's literally just like they try and they don't think that they do, do anything. And then once... He sees Anakin at the end of episode one. He's like, oh, I'll keep my eye on you because you are the person I created. <laughs> uh, that, you know, and 10 years later, apparently I'm finding out that we, we were successful. But mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. This idea that Shmi was actually, yeah, like trying to keep her her child from this other, you know, this, this dark path. And that... So she let him go with... I was going to say Liam Neeson. But, <laughs> so she let him go with With Qui-Gon. Jedi Knight Liam Neeson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only because of his soothing voice. No, no. But also... But definitely partially that. Yeah, because maybe she thought that that was a better way to prevent him from that dark path. Oh, that's so cool. I like that a whole lot. That's you, really great. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Together we can write Star Wars fanfic. Exactly, right? This is, this, this is the, these are the times of thought I was like... I get why fanfic is so important to some people. <laughs> it can make things so much like more compelling. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Definitely. Okay. What's your what's your missed opportunity? Okay. So my missed opportunity is that in the Return of the Jedi, Luke 
tells Leia that she has the Force, right? That she has powers and she can learn how to use them and all of that. But that never really pans out. Sure, we see in episode 8 her use it once. Mm -hmm. But that's basically it. Besides that, all she really uses it for is to sense things about the men in her life. So her Jedi powers don't pass the Bechtel test. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) And yeah, I think that's a severe missed opportunity because she's obviously the best. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And again, like imagine what she could do as a Jedi. Right. (laughs) All the good that she could do. I can see why she may not have wanted to. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that they could an interesting way that Avenue they could explore where she didn't want to reinforce this hierarchy hierarchy of the Jedi influencing state and influencing systems of governance, right? She was mm-hmm. like, I need to do this because I'm a senator, because I've been training my whole life to do this other important work. I'd love to see that from Leia, but we don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because I have actual experience and skills, not because I just have power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, obviously... No comment on current political things. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like the strongest force powers just follow the men Mm -hmm. in that line, which is really annoying to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I definitely have a headcanon that she like mastered battle meditation, which is a power that's used in the Knights of the Old Republic games, where like Hmm. someone like a commander who's a a Jedi, she's able to, by meditating, make it so her whole force is more efficient and and competent and the opposing force is less so. So she's just, she's managing this whole battlefield. So she's not actually herself flying or participating in the battle. She's just the support character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that would be a great thing for Leia to to be able to use. So that's like one of my headcanons that that's like more of the if she did start trying to, like, access the Force, it'd be more in those kinds of ways of being, mm-hmm. like, a support character than, like, actually actively engaging uh, aggressively. Although saying a support character when you're talking about a woman kind of sounds terrible. You're right, yeah. Not a support, like, <laughs> character, but a support role, I should say. Or, or like, a... Because, like, like, I'm thinking of it in, like... <laughs> Hashtag making it worse. <laughs> I'm thinking of it in, like, D&D style groups. The, the, the mm-hmm. person who's, like, the bard is doing buffs and debuffs, which it will probably turn the tide of a battle and make it so that their their compatriots aren't dying and things like that, mm-hmm. even if they are not the ones out there with a sword or with well, it's, fireballs. So it's just like non-combat focus. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it, okay. exactly. Well, what about our takeaways? Well, I think for Star Wars, headcanons and fanfics and, yeah, some of these other books and games and stuff that aren't necessarily canon anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe the best way to engage with the Star Wars universe mm. because there are a lot of things that are kind of like left or dropped or not fully explained or not as good as they should be, mm-hmm. but it's kind of also not complicated to weave other parts in that mm-hmm. could have happened because of where the gaps lie. So yeah, I think I think that that's fun and I kind of am like, hmm. I wonder if I don't want to read any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the ones I've read or I've engaged in have been super, like, thought-provoking for those specific reasons. Like, it just mm. adds so much more flavor to things that can be can be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think my takeaway is that now 
after this conversation where I look and see how much family is a focus for so many of the characters in the saga, that looking at, at Rey's revelation that her family wasn't important in the galactic scheme of things, mm-hmm. how important that is as a response to how that's affected the rest of the characters. And how I imagine how intentional that was. And I'm interested, especially in the next episode, but also in rereading the first, rewatching the first two of the new series, seeing how having no real connection with family affects her, you know, and certainly it does as you see her like with Han as a, like a fi- father figure and things like that. But I think that looking at those perspectives and, and trying to see if her lack of family, like, blood family connections will bring about a new perspective on what family means because I think found family is also so important and so interesting and, and such a, something that I I hope that they do a little bit more with of where even if her and Finn don't have anything romantic come out of it or whatever, her having affection for him because he's part of her family now, even if he's not blood family or romantic family, mm-hmm. I think would be like really powerful. And so those kinds of things I think are, are what I'll be looking for. Hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't you pull up what we'll be talking about next week with Harry Potter? Okay. Personhood. Personhood in Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, that would be, like, the best one for personhood. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Okay. Personhood. Let's Harry record Potter. right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll do that next week then. Until then, we want to thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. With that, we're going to thank you very much again and see you next week. Until then, geek, geek out! out.